a spontaneous and unrehearsed interview. Mm, hello, and welcome to the 116th episode of Curiosityness. I gave that a weird inflection, but uh, part three of our Route 66 journey. And this episode I have on Reese Martin, who is the president of the Oklahoma Route 66 Association. So we're learning about Route 66 in Oklahoma, baby. That's what it's all about. Uh, so again, it's part three of the whole Route 66 series that I'm doing. We're going from Chicago to L.A., taking about 30 days to do the whole trip in our RV. The four adults are all packing up in there, and we're going to drive each other crazy for the first four days and get mad at each other, and then we'll start to level out and even out and be nice to each other, and then we'll start to have fun on the road. Um, so in this whole thing's being documented, baby. You know I'm interviewing people and vid- videoing the, the tours and all the attractions. So you can go to visiting66.com, and you can see all this stuff. So all the places that we're visiting and people that we're meeting, uh, you can check out the videos from that. That'll it'll you know it'll be like YouTube video type of stuff. But uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm really excited to do this and excited that I get to share it with you. So go ahead and check that out. There's also going to be a Google Map save place, a Google listing, a, a map on Google of all the places that we're going saved. So you can you know if you want to visit them, just go check out that map. You can get directions to these these different points of interest and uh, get the hours that they're open, the phone number, all that kind of stuff. So you can see this stuff easy and go visit if you want to. Um, So it's going to be good. Everything's going to be on that page, visiting66.com. I got my interview with Jim Hinckley about the history of Route 66 and why it's so legendary. What the heck is up with that? Uh, We're going to be looking at all the places from the Cars movie. So that video will be on visiting66.com. All the other interviews from the Route 66 associations, including Canvas or Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, of course, and California, and just a ton, tons of good stuff on there. You know, if you're interested in Route 66 at all, if you're taking a trip, you know, yourself, you're gonna find a lot of good info on there. And uh, if you're just interested in kind of the history of Route 66 too, it's gonna be good. So um, I'm gonna stop. We got to get to the episode now. So let's get to episode 116 with Reese Martin of the Oklahoma Route 66 Association. All right, Reese, we're going. How you doing, man? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Uh, glad to have you on. Excited to talk. Uh, we are. So I'll give you my. So why why I needed to talk to you sure. is um, so we've done. I live on the West Coast, LA area. So I've done the the Route sixty six stuff um, a bit over here, you know. But really, only have gone as far as maybe New Mexico, and it wasn't really a a Route sixty six trip. But you know, we're around the area, so we check the stuff out. But now we've officially decided we're doing the whole family. All four adults, we're getting into an RV, and uh, we're going from Chicago to LA. We're doing it. We're going in the right order, and we're we're doing the whole thing. So, uh, so we're researching, we're learning, and that's why we need you to help us, uh, you know, navigate Route 66. Well, there's there's a lot to see. Um, it can be a little overwhelming for folks that you know know of Route 66 as a symbol or know of Route 66 just you know from the song. And when you start looking like, oh, well, what is there to see and do? You know, like it quickly becomes like trying to drink from a fire hydrant. So I'm happy to help any way I can. Yeah, that's what I've kind of discovered is in doing the research is that there is just a, an enormous amount of things to do. And there's people who are like, you know, you got to look at all the old bridges. There's the the bridge people and there's the the 
abandoned places people and there's the kitschy, you know, roadside fiberglass statue people. But uh, I mean, I'm kind of into all that stuff. So I love that. Yeah, you definitely it's a customizable trip depending on what you're into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, so let's talk about you. So this is specifically you're with the uh, Oklahoma Route 66 Association, correct? That's right. I'm the current president of the Oklahoma Route 66 Association. Um, all eight cool. states the Route 66 goes through has their own historic association uh, that were all developed after the road was federally decertified in the 1980s. Um, so all of us are kind of designed to kind of help people learn about the road and uh, highlight the road and whether it's promotion or education or whatever, we're here to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. That's, that's something I didn't know that, but that is uh, nice or important that it's around that you guys are around and, and every state has one um, to, to preserve this kind of stuff. So what is it? Uh, I mean, what is it that you guys kind of are, are doing on a, you know, weekly or monthly type of stuff? Well, the so again, every association is a little different. In Oklahoma, our big deal is every year we put out a trip guide, which is a bound uh, traveler's guide uh, that people can either get from us directly or pick up at one of our business members across the state uh, that provides maps and things to see and do and you know little historic tidbits and stuff so that people can kind of plan their own trips, which has been very helpful over the last year when, you know, during the pandemic when people have been more comfortable on the road than in an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um but we also have uh, our website um, for people. We just want to be the resource for folks, whether it's going to speak in person, you know, doing something like what I'm doing today and talking to you or just providing materials for folks. So on a weekly basis, it, it varies quite a bit, uh, but it's usually fielding questions and and uh, just trying to meet people where they're at so that they can travel Route 66 and experience it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. And it's, um, I don't know, maybe it's it's something that I would, almost expect to have but uh of course it doesn't just happen we got to have you know an association or organization like you guys to to take care of that stuff so it's great that you're there and and yeah your um your travel guide or your trip guide was awesome i I love that looking through that thing it's 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 very impressive it's really well well put together and um a lot ton of info in that stuff so i'm glad you guys have that thank you thank you very much yeah yeah and then um, also, I, I just want to compliment your website, too. It's it's a great looking website with a ton of info on it as well. It's You guys are just doing things really well. I like it. Thank you. You know, it's it's difficult to try to balance. You know, there's so much history to the road and it's had it's almost 100 years old now. But it's also got a lot of stuff going on now. Um, and so you, you want to try to balance that to where you're able to talk about what came before, but also let people know there's still stuff here. And, you know, it's not just a giant museum. You know, there, there's a lot to see and do. And so that's that's always a focus and we're always making little adjustments and doing what we can to help, help tell all those stories. Mm -hmm. So can you give me, um, I feel like kind of a good place to start into this is, uh, you mentioned it a little bit about kind of how the road was uh, decommissioned or, or, you know, whatever the correct term is, but, um, what, what's kind of the history of route 66 and when did it start? Where, what the heck happened to it now? You know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, the Route 66 was established on November 11th, 1926. Uh, that's when all numbered federal highways were established. Uh, mm-hmm. Prior to that, you had some named roads like the Lincoln Highway or the Jefferson Highway, stuff like that. Uh, and uh, a few folks stood up, including a man named Cyrus Avery from Tulsa, which is where I'm from, and said, hey, you know, this automobile is kind of a big deal. We should really start, you know, making our roads better. It's called the Good Roads Movement. Um, and that eventually snowballed into the federal government getting involved and then all these highways getting established. Um, Route 66 pretty quickly um, took on multiple roles across the country. Of course, it connected Chicago to Santa Monica, California. 
Um, it became a way west for Dust Bowl migrants in Oklahoma and other parts of, of that part of the country when the Dust Bowl hit. And uh, folks wanted to seek a better life for themselves. Uh, it was one of the first paved roads that went out that way, fully paved, I should say, from end to end. And so when we were gearing up for World War II out west, it made sense for the military to use that um, for their maneuvers and to get from A to B. Right. After the war, it became a big post-war symbol, you know, go see the Grand Canyon, get out, you know, enjoy life. Um, Route 66, again, had already kind of entered this place in, in pop culture that people knew the number, they knew the song. Um, there was a TV show um, that, even though it wasn't really filmed on 66, it still highlighted the road and people knew about it. Um, and so it already had entered this place where it was kind of big, more than just a road. So when the interstate started coming along um, and changed the way we do automobile traffic in this country, along with everything else, it started to fade and a lot of the little towns got bypassed. You know, anybody that's seen the movie Cars knows that story. Well, it's a real story. You know, that bypass and that kind of depression of these towns is a thing that really happened um, across all of Route 66. Um, and so in the eight, 1980s, the government finally decertified the road and said, you know, we've got these interstates now. U.S. Highway 66 doesn't really need to be a thing. And so, you know, goodbye. Uh, you had some folks, uh, notably Angel Delgadillo in Seligman, uh, Arizona, stand up and say, look, when Route 66 moved and it, ever, all the traffic went to the interstate, our, our towns dried up. This is important. This road's historic. And it's still the lifeline for all these towns. And he, you know, hammered the Arizona government for 10 years. And they finally designated a little stretch there as a historic road. And about a year later, all of the eight states had groups together. And the Oklahoma Association that I'm a part of was founded along with the others. And today, it's this amazing historic road that still stretches from Chicago to um, Santa Monica. And about 80, 80 to 85% of it is still there and drivable. Um, not all of it is, is well-signed. It's good to have a guidebook or things like that to make sure you don't miss it. You know, but you drive through these small towns, whether you're in Illinois or New Mexico or California, and they still look a lot like they did back then. Um, two lanes, and it's Main Street in these towns. And it, it's just it's great to see that a lot of these folks, as we're gearing up for the centennial in 2026, that's when the road turns 100. Yeah. A lot of these towns and, and greater communities are getting excited about it and leaning into that Route 66 identity again in preparation for that. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. 100 years, that's awesome. And so it was really pretty quick um, after the road was um, was decommissioned that people were like, hey, we got to we gotta keep this thing alive. It's not like it died and it was totally forgotten and there was a, a resurgence. It was it, People were into it right away, right? When it was federally decertified, I guess that kind of put the exclamation point on it, that this is, you know, if we don't do something now, it's really going to go away. Because, I mean, the road had been fading for decades by then. You know, the interstate oh. started coming around in the 1960s, and it was kind of a slow death. You know, you'd have a realignment here, and, you know, this town would change here, and they'd realign over here. And um, whether it was bypassed or even you just move over a block in a lot of these towns that are three blocks wide, that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, so by the time when it was federally decertified, that was really kind of the wake up call. Like, hey, we've been losing this bits and pieces over the last few years. It's going to completely go away unless we stand up and do something. Right. And then so was was really the reason for the um, bypassing or, or the interstate system? Was it just, you know, traffic volume that we need? We had more cars on the road than was anticipated. Or what was the reason for that? Or were there multiple reasons? Multiple reasons, but it's really, you know, traffic. Um, Route 66, when you drive it, you know, it goes with the landscape. It curves around and goes up and down, which is very beautiful. 
But when that's the only way to go, it can be a little dangerous. And so traffic was speeding up. There was more of it. And the interstates just came along and said, you know, we can get you from A to B quicker and safer. And who's not going to do that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was that's mostly it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, uh, like you personally, what do you think of the because um, I, I can kind of see how there's a, the, a need for both where the interstate system, you know, get from A to B nice and quick. It's if it's efficient and everything. But then there's also the. You know, the Route 66, still most of it exists, the majority of it. You can get off the interstate and you can, you know, chill and relax and check out all the stuff, you know. It depends on your on your goal. They yeah. say Route 66 is about the journey, which is very true. You know, the interstate's about the destination. So, yeah, well uh, said. and there are times when, you know, I'm doing Route 66. I do have an end goal in mind. And, you know, I've it's also, you know, very regular thing to happen that you're on 66 and you end up spending two hours at a place you'd plan to spend 10 minutes at and you got to make up some time somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, we've got both now, which is, which is convenient for that kind of thing. And of course, you know, it's not always about seeing everything, but, um, it's what we have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, so, uh, you kind of mentioned how it's still, you can still, most of it is drivable. Like what, what was it? 80% or so? About 80, 85, somewhere between there. Okay. So that's, that's pretty encouraging, but it's, what does that mean that it's, if it's, you know, federally decommissioned, is it, is the, the physical road is still there that was route 66. It's just not called route 66 anymore. That's the case in most of these places, you know, us highway 66 no longer exists, but in some States like in Oklahoma, we have Oklahoma highway 66, which is sometime the historic road. Other times it's something else. Oh. Other states, that 66 number is completely gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Some towns have it named that, some don't. And so now it's kind of returned back to what it was before the highway was established in the 20s. It's now a hodgepodge of all these other roads. And, you know, if you have a good guidebook, and most states do a decent job with signage that say Historic Route 66 to kind of help people get from A to B and stay on, on that highway. But especially out west, there are places where the old roadbed has just been completely obliterated. The interstate was literally put on top of it or maybe it just kind of meanders into a dirt road that's now private property you know when those changes were made you know there are just some areas where there literally is no way to to follow it anymore but to your point you know you've got all these different kinds of attractions and depending on what kind of person you are maybe you like the old bridge maybe you like the quirky roadside attraction there are roadhounds out there that go out to find these old you know alignments that go through the desert to say, oh, well, from two years, this was 66, and here's why, and they know all this history, and they collect asphalt, and, you know, it's that's it's a little bit a little bit more intense than, than I am about that kind of thing, but it, again, you know, it's nice to see that, you know, there's a passion for that, and really trying to understand the complete story of the road, whereas most folks just want to know where it is now, so they can go see, you know, the Blue Whale, or go out to Cadillac Ranch, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the fun stuff, is, um, you know, those big attractions like that, and uh, I want to talk about that too, but real quick, I had, you know, us specifically, we'll be in an RV. Do you have any, um, you know, tips? It's kind of a big class A, like, like 34 feet or something like that. How are we going to do on route 66? Pretty good for the most part. Um, I'd say your, your number one thing you're going to miss is if you're heading West in Kingman, Arizona to the California border, there's this beautiful stretch of original 66 that goes through the black mountains through a little mining town of Oatman known for their wild burrows that are just kind of everywhere. They walk up to your car and say hi. Um, but it's an old mountain road with, with switchbacks. You know, it's fully paved. But, you know, an RV, I would never want to navigate that through there. Um, and so there are still little places like that along 66 where, 
you know, um, it's either an old dirt road, you know, the pavement's completely gone, or um, it may go through an area there. An RV is not the best way to get through. Uh, but the number one travel guide that I recommend, which is the EZ66 guide uh, yes. uh, by Jerry McClanahan, has a lot of call-outs for that, um, specifically saying, hey, if you're in an RV, don't do this. Or, you know, this is an area where, you know, be sure you check your height requirements and that kind of thing. So um, it's... A lot of people do Route 66 by RV. It's it's not a hardship. Don't get me wrong, but there are some areas where you might have to make a decision. Right. Yeah. Where it's better than a an old jalopy, I'd say. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that that uh, easy Route 66 guide. Um, uh, that that seems like everyone brings that up, so that's good to know. Um. So let's see. Are there? Yeah. Let's talk about kind of the you know the attractions, the blue whale, like you brought up and stuff like that. Are there um, any uh, I don't know. Can you give us maybe a, a top a few of the top ones and just kind of tell us about them a little bit? Oh boy. Um, I'm going to get angry, angry emails. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I'll, I'll go through a couple. I'm, I'm not going to quantify this with my favorite or the top ones, but just a few that, that speak to me sure. um, and my traveling experience. So number right. one is the blue whale. That's close to home. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is in the Northeast corner of the state. And I'm about 20 minutes from the blue whale. Uh, which, interestingly, as, as such an iconic stop on Route 66, it wasn't built until the 1970s. Um, oh. A local uh, director of the Tulsa Zoo retired and uh, built the whale as an anniversary present to his wife. Uh, she collected whale figurines, and I suppose that's the next step, is building a giant concrete whale <laughs> in your family pond. Yeah, naturally. Um, but he had a little stop there with like a reptile farm and, you know, a snake pit and you know, come see the animals kind of kind of attraction. And he built that whale and it became a swimming hole and such an icon. And it still is. It, it sees, you know, tens of thousands of tourists a year. At, in typical years, most of these are international folks uh, that just stop and see this great little quirky uh, giant whale in the middle of Oklahoma. Um, so it's great. I, I love the whale. Um, and I, it's one of those things I kind of grew up driving by being like, eh, whatever. But then when I kind of learn more about it, now, now it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like all of us, I suppose, if it's in our backyard, it doesn't really make that much of, a, of an impact to us until we do a little bit of traveling ourselves. Sure. That's something, uh, too, that I found a lot of. Um, a lot of this stuff is it's on its surface, it may not seem like that big a deal, like a, like a blue whale, you know. But once you learn the history about it and kind of uh, the story of it, it becomes a lot more fascinating, a lot more fun to visit it. Yeah, and that's that's really the key. Is in all these things that I'm going to talk that I'm talking about. It's the people that are there that are the real reason that Route 66 has the attraction that it does and has the kind of magnetism. Is when you go to the Blue Whale, Blue Whale, you talk to Linda Hobbs, who's run that gift shop there for a couple of years and knows the whole story and knows everybody that comes in and out of there that is a regular. Um, when you stop in at Gary Turner's place up in, near Springfield, Missouri, it's this old gas station that was rebuilt in the countryside. Um, in just a really small community. Um, Gary passed on a couple of years ago, but now his daughter, Barbara, runs it um, with her husband. And it's a very well-known place. You stop by to take a few pictures and you look at your watch and it's been two to three hours because it's just, you know, you just sit and get wrapped up in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the interactions with the people that really make Route 66 something special. Um, another one of my favorite, I'll say, attractions on Route 66 is actually all the way at the end in Santa Monica, California. Um, as an Oklahoman, it has a special thing for me. Most people think of the Santa Monica Pier as the end of Route 66. And sure enough, they've got a nice big end of 66 sign on the pier and everything. Big, good photo op, some cool shopping there. Um, but Route 66, um, 
technically ends a little bit, you know, a block or two in. Um, and in the park just north of the pier is a small bronze plaque uh, that recognizes Route 66 as the Will Rogers Highway. Uh, Ms. Will Rogers is a very famous Oklahoman, um, and that the road has that nickname named after him. Um, when I came to California as a Route 66 fan for the first time, that was the thing that I sought out, was that great little bronze marker in the park there um, that kind of remembered Will and that great moniker of the road. Um, and it's something, unless you're kind of a Route 66 fan, you're not going to nose up there. You'll just take a picture on the pier and go on about your day. So it also feels like kind of a little secret. Yeah. Um, Gosh, there's so much. Um, Oklahoma is lucky that we have a lot of cool attractions here. Uh, we have more miles of 66 than any other state, mm-hmm. um, and we pack a lot into it. Um, in Arcadia, there's the Round Barn, which is one of the oldest attractions on Route 66. It was built in the 1890s. Wow. Um, and they still have music on the second floor. Um, it was fully restored in the 1990s after the roof had collapsed. So that's a, also another great story of a community rallying around something that had been there for a long time and said, hey, this is important. It needs to not go away. And we're able to raise money and save this thing, um, which there are so many stories like that all up and down Route 66 where something was about to just be lost forever. But you had a couple of passionate people stand up and say, well, this is unacceptable. Um, mm-hmm. And we're able to to make a big difference. Yeah. Well, and that's something that you guys kind of, I think I saw on your website, you highlighted some uh, some projects that you guys have worked on that are, are like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, the Oklahoma Route 66 Association in and of ourselves, we run pretty lean. You know, that trip guide is our biggest annual contribution to the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do what we can to kind of get our megaphone out. And when we hear of things that need to happen and kind of help rally people around different causes, uh, like the metal gold sign here in Tulsa, a huge neon sign uh, that was going to be taken down and demolished. And uh, we banded together with a couple of other groups to, again, stand up and say, this is unacceptable. We can't lose this piece of history. And we're able to, to help get all the people in one place to save it. And now it's one of the city's most uh, well-known Route 66 attractions here. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Again, I'm just, I'm so glad that you guys are, are around and have organized yourselves to, to do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm so excited to come and see all this stuff. I can't wait. Uh, but um, so how did you kind of get involved with uh, Route 66? What's your, your history with it? So I came by Route 66 kind of late. Um, I've only really been a, aware of the road as, since 2015 or so, 2014, oh, wow. 2015. Uh-huh. Uh, so in 2009, I had what I call my quarter-life crisis. Uh, I kind of realized I wasn't where I wanted to be in life, and I wasn't happy with a lot of things. And so I just said, well, I, I, need, to, I need to get out. So I sold everything I owned um, and then left the country and backpacked for 10 months. Wow. Um, I took a container ship from Long Beach, California, out to New Zealand, spent two weeks on the ocean. Um, to do that, I, I was 28 years old, had never even seen the ocean before, if you can believe it. Whoa. It takes forever to get to you know a significant body of water from Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and then spent two weeks on top of it, you know, sailing over to, to New Zealand, which was an on, amazing experience. That was on a container ship? Yeah. Um, wow. they're a, a lot more automated these days. And so they'll have like third and fourth engineers cabins. You can rent out on certain legs of journeys really? um, through some companies. So, you know, like the captain and the chief engineer were both Kiwi. Uh, the other officers were Ukrainian and everyone else was Kiribati uh, from a Pacific nation. <laughs> and so they all were, it was a working ship. They were all doing their things, but I could go 
you know, up to the bridge anytime I wanted to, you know, they connected to get email once a day through satellite. Um, it, it was very peaceful and a great way to kind of decompress and get ready for that big journey that I was starting on. Yeah. Um, and so from there, I went all the way around. I went to, uh, from New Zealand, um, I went to Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Japan, Prague, Ireland, England, and Wales, um, and then came home, flew into Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, after 10 months, a, a changed person, uh, having seen and experienced so many other cultures and everything, um, I got home to Tulsa and thought, well, gosh, I've been here my whole life, but I've never really paid attention to anything. Um, and while I traveled, I gained a love for writing a travel blog and for uh, taking pictures. Mm-hmm. So I was literally seeing my um, home state through a different lens and started doing a little bit of day trip traveling around Oklahoma. Uh, I uh, took a day and went up to Miami, Oklahoma, which is way up by Kansas, to see the Coleman Theater, which is a beautifully restored vaudeville theater on Route 66. Absolutely worth a stop and a tour for anyone coming through. It's um, just incredible. Another site that was just about to collapse and people were able to save it. And you wouldn't believe it. You walk in and it looks like it's opening day 1929. Oh, so cool. Uh, But so I took that trip up there and took 66 back home and was just amazed at what was there and kind of also the evidence of what wasn't there anymore and wanted to know more about the story. And and after a couple of years, I'd traveled the whole thing end to end. And then people started saying, hey, why don't you get involved? Hey, we need help with this. And here I am now. The president of the uh, the Oklahoma Route 66 Association. Very cool. Um, so they, but they they've been around. I guess when was the uh, Oklahoma Route 66 Association established again? 1989. 1989. Okay, very cool. Um, man, well, this is great. I'm so glad you guys are here again. Like I said, and uh, I guess for people listening, where should we? You know, if they're interested in and you know any of this stuff your website has a ton of good info even if you're not you know going to be traveling there it's just fun to scroll through that and see all that history and stuff so um but tell people where they can go and, and check you guys out thank you yeah we've worked hard we just redid that website this year um uh, you can visit it yourself at www.oklahomaroute66.com um and uh, uh, much to your point, it's not just here's how you travel Route 66. It's also got history and, and pictures and all kinds of cool info on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, which is just Oklahoma Route 66 Association. And we do what we can to kind of share what's going on with our business members, what's going on in Oklahoma news with Route 66 and, and other things. And one of the big things we're pushing for now is to have Route 66 recognized as a national historic trail. Um, so that the National Park Service can continue to administer a grant program and some other things that have kind of helped keep 66 afloat over the years. Oh. Um, so, and of course, that would be wonderful to have with the centennial coming up to kind of help, yeah. you know, organize the road in a little bit of a better way. But there's there's always something that we're wanting to kind of talk about or share news about and, and just keep people connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that centennial coming up is pretty exciting. Have you seen like kind of a, has there been a, a, surge in in travelers on there recently with the whole covid stuff with people doing more road tripping and that that all there has i mean of course like all tourism we've got it took a huge hit last year uh-huh. um and um but it kind of our normal traffic flip-flop normally it's about 80 percent international folks like people it's really? a bucket list trip for people to come over here and travel route 66 whether you're from you know australia new zealand europe we have you know china um south america you know people from all over the world Wow. Uh, we'll fly in and take you know two or three weeks, drive out to California, and then go home. You know, you can do New York, you can do LA, 
or you can come in and get big city, small town, farmland, the West. You can kind of get a picture of, of America as a whole by traveling Route 66. Yeah. Um, and get a bunch of really cool food. Um, <laughs> it, uh, so, I mean, I've met people that have restored cars, shipped them to Chicago, driven them all the way out to L.A., and then shipped them back home. Wow. I don't even want to think about how much that costs, but yeah. you know that's incredible. And of course, they're going to be uber passionate about it. And you sit and talk to them and and learn about you know their journey and that kind of thing. So it's 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 really cool to 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 see that. But of course, that's completely evaporated with COVID and travel you know restrictions and things like that. So yeah. we're seeing more U.S. travelers now than we were. Um, and this year, it's it's really picked up. You know, as as you know, people are getting more comfortable traveling. Uh, they're still, you know, wanting to stay either closer to home or try to figure out a way so they have a little bit more control over their environment, you know, for whatever they need to do. And it's easy to hop in the car and take a couple of days uh, and do that. And mm-hmm. I have also have to say that the Oklahoma Tourism Department with the state government's done a really wonderful job of promoting Route 66 um, and kind of helping remind Oklahomans, hey, this is in your backyard. Yeah. Um, you know, just hop in and go take a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Le- that local stuff to just take advantage of it. That's something I've discovered here too in LA in the past um, couple of years is it's, you know, I always want to get out and travel, but there's just, there's so much stuff to do here too, right in the backyard, like you said. So I like that. Um, man, well, this was great. I, I, I love learning about all this stuff, Reese. Thank you so much for sharing it. And uh, for people listening, I'll have links to, to your website and to your social media and all that stuff so they can check you out easy and uh, learn more about it. But uh, yeah, thanks again. And uh, yeah, we'll be hitting the road and in maybe a month or so. So I'm pretty excited to get going. Man, that's great. A good time a year to travel too. So uh, when you come through Tulsa, hit me up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll do. Cool. I'll see you soon. Thanks again. Thank you. And there you have it. Episode 116 has come to an end. Thank you to Reese for being on and sharing all that info. Uh, Thank you to you, the listener, for being here and listening to that. Hope you enjoyed the episode and learned a lot about Route 66 in Oklahoma and are getting enticed to take a trip of Route 66 yourself. Um, So thanks again. Let's say, again, visiting66.com. I'll have a link to that in the description is where you can go and check out everything for our trip, our month-long RV trip from Chicago to LA. Um, See the videos of all the places and the tours and everything like that. Uh, I'm Travis DeRose, host, and you can email me, Travis at curiositiness.com with some thoughts, ideas, tips, feedback, uh, ideas for new episodes. That's always helpful. I'm on Instagram at Trav DeRose. I'll be posting about our trip on there if you want to kind of follow along with that. And, uh, you know, sharing the show. I always appreciate it when you guys are able to share the show. You know, the word of mouth marketing thing that this is. Uh, you know, if you know somebody who's interested in Route 66, go ahead and send this off to them. Maybe they'd find it enjoyable. Um, that always helps kind of grow the show. We don't really have, you know, there's, there's no marketing going on here or anything like that. Um, man, I guess that's all I have to say. Uh, this was part three of our route 66 series, uh, on the podcast and part four is coming up next. So thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.